What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Comics in Reverse. Uh, my name is Dalton Wires, joined as always by Alex Brooks and Tom Westfall. And we've still got Andrew Unengst with us here this week to talk about Captain America Civil War, uh, the initial film in phase three of the Infinity Saga, uh, 13th overall in the MCU, produced by Kevin Feige. Once again, directed by Joe and Anthony Russo. It's, this is their second, I think, yeah, this is their second stint in the MCU and probably the top four films in the MCU they directed. So that's pretty cool. Uh, budget on this one, $250 million, Grossed $1.153 billion, which, believe it or not, is only 22nd on the all-time list. Really? Uh, it was 12th when it peaked a couple of years ago. But yeah, 22nd. So there's at least 22 movies over a billion dollars now. That's crazy to think about. That is nuts. Uh, rankings on this one, I've got it at number seven, so top ten. Uh, I think I have it. I think it's number eight for me. Pretty close then. Yeah. I've got it as is one of my my top tier. Um, there's just so much in it. I mean, I literally just rewatched it and. Every couple of seconds, I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute! Whoa, wait a minute!" But it, it's it's in my top tier for sure. I guess we'll have to follow up with Alex and get his rankings. He's having some microphone issues at the moment, so. Um, soundtrack. He said he's not even going to talk on it. Henry Jackman. I didn't really notice anything outstanding about the soundtrack. Did you guys have anything to say? Honestly, I remember watching the movie and thinking the music in the uh, soundtrack and the trailer was better. Um, I wasn't that enthused. I thought it was kind of generic. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't really care that much for it. I guess we'll move on. If he wants to touch on it, it we'll make time for it. But uh, two new characters introduced in this. A lot of return characters. We've got Chadwick Boseman yeah. plays T'Challa. Black Panther is introduced. And then uh, Tom Holland as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. And just to throw this out there, I think it was an excellent casting choice, and it's my favorite Peter Parker, without a doubt, that we've seen in, on cinema. Oh, hands down, this this I, I will fight somebody. This is the best Peter Parker, Spider Man. Tom Holland was a great choice for this. Yes, he was, and even off camera, like he, he's a Peter Parker, dude. <laughs> he's freaking hilarious. Yeah, I know. And uh, I don't. Did, did you watch the uh, the lip sync thing that he did? think i've seen what you're talking about yeah oh my gosh <laughs> it's fantastic it's been a while since i've seen it the kid's hilarious and i'm so looking is that where he's like holding an umbrella or something oh the <sighs> dance video yes yeah, yeah that, it's it's fantastic yeah i mean he really is fantastic and i honestly i wish he would uh be cast and i don't know if you guys read dean coons very much but he would be the perfect uh odd thomas character um I would. I wish he would play that because the kid that did play him died. He was the uh, uh, kid that played Chekhov in Star Trek, uh, and yeah. So I I really like Tom Holland, uh, and I know that everyone here loves Black Panther. So I do love Black Panther. Yeah, I know that's one of Alex's favorite movies. Like Black Panther, I wouldn't say love. <laughs> Uh, moving to the cameo section. So we get the st standard Stan Lee cameo. This is one of the more favorite ones that most people like. We've got him making a delivery to Mr. Tony Stank <laughs> and not Tony Stark. Anything to expand on? I just thought it was it's one of the funnier cameos out of everything. Mr. Tony Stank. Especially the, the banter between uh, uh, Tony and... Uh, uh, Rody, yeah, it was Rody at that point. The the banner between them after that, it, <laughs> a, a table for uh, Mister Stank. Yep, <laughs> that was funny. The, the bathroom. I mean, it, it's hilarious. Uh, the director Joe Russo actually made a small cameo appearance in this. Um, so the dead body in the bathtub that was supposed to be the psychiatrist that was supposed to actually interrogate Bucky, that was Joe Russo. He uh, had a little small cameo in this. He played a dead body. That's awesome. He, he played a dead body in a bathtub. That's a great cameo right there. What'd <laughs> yeah. you do? Uh, I was a dead body. Yeah. Check it out. I mean, how many freaking like actors want their directors to be the dead bodies? <laughs> so. 
moving into the plot here, moving right along with this one. Uh, so we start out with a flashback to 1991, specifically December 16th, I'm pretty sure. Um, a brainwashed Bucky Barnes is sent by Hydra to intercept a car carrying super soldier serum. And we get a small peek into the brainwashing process that uh, he goes undergoes to switch him from Bucky to Winter Soldier. Um, moving forward to present day timeline, we've got Cap, Falcon, Black Widow, and Scarlet Witch. They are planning an ambush on Crossbones, um, and then they and they when they realize they're about to steal a biological weapon, um, they get the weapon back from Crossbones eventually. But Crossbones attempts suicide bombing while standing right next to Cap, and um, Scarlet Witch contains the blast, which obviously is going to kill Crossbones, but she accidentally throws him into a building, uh, which causes a bunch of mayhem and some casualties. Um, and then this is probably really what sets the Accords into motion. I mean, we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about that led up to this. You've got, obviously, Sokovia from Age of Ultron, uh, Washington, D.C. from Winter Soldier. All this is going to build up into this. But this is the one that really starts people talking about it, I think. I thought this was fantastic. Uh, I mean, they did a good job in the comics, you know, leading up to Civil War. But, like, the whole, you know, it was a complete accident. This is just what happens when you have powers like this. Think bad things can happen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in retrospect, she still, you know gross total she's probably saved lives but still it was still her fault that the other people died so it was like you know what do you do and it was just a really bad situation that she was in and you could see it in her face elizabeth olsen did an amazing job acting that out mm-hmm. just I, I loved everything about this uh it really gives a lot of turmoil right away I think that's a good angle to go for that, you know, it's an accident and the stuff just happens, but in the comics is a little bit different. I think it, I'm pretty sure it's a guy, his name's Nitro and mm-hmm. he's just trying to show off. I'm pretty sure. And he levels a city. Is that, that's what happened, right? Yeah. It, it's like a subgroup of, it, it, it's nobody major, but they, yeah. it's just a complete accident. Uh, a lot of civilians hurt and, and injured and dead in this. Um, but I, I agree with, with the movie version. Um, it, it shows a, really good view of unfortunately even in the battles um even the avengers themselves can't prevent everything from happening um and and in this one particular scene you see um both crossbones uh using psychological warfare on cap um when he starts talking about the winter soldier and it it throws cap off and legitimately he could have died right there he didn't catch onto that bomb right there because yeah. he was so distracted. Yeah, he, he distracted him. He almost blew up with him, and then you see Scarlet Witch's power. Um, you, you see her progress as the movies go on, and, and it, it's one of those characters that she has so much power in the comics, and they at, at this point like they haven't even come close to showing what she's capable of. Not even close. So you have her. I mean, save Cap, and unfortunately, you you had a lot of casualties in this so uh, we do get a little sidebar um after tony pledges a bunch of money to some college kids working on projects in at a, an expo he's uh walking down the hallway and he gets stopped by um, a lady who was just talking him up casually at first but then she starts telling him that um, she had a son that was over in sokovia um he was like building a school or building a hospital or something. He was doing some kind of charity work and he got killed in the blast. Um, and she basically blames Tony Stark for the death. And this really kind of gives him perspective. And I think this is why he ends up siding with the government. Um, obviously, cause he thinks they need to be put in check. And this is, I think this is what really convinced him was their conversation. Yeah. Uh, moving on from there, that's where you see uh, they're at the Avengers HQ. Uh, Stark shows up with Secretary Ross, uh, making another appearance in the MCU. Um, Ross has the uh, Sokovia Accords in hand, approved by a whopping 117 countries, uh, proposing that the Avengers be governed by a UN consul. Uh, This splits the group. Uh, Stark favors the Accords due to his involvement with Ultron. Uh, Cap is opposed, citing his the Avengers have the better judgment than a panel with an agenda. Uh, Peggy Carter passes away at this point. 
Um, Cap attends her funeral and discovers that Agent 13 is actually Sharon Carter, Peggy's niece. After that, we go to uh, Vienna. Uh, we meet uh, King T'Chanka and Prince T'Challa. Uh, during a speech, a bomb explodes that kills King T'Chanka. Uh, Bucky is the lone suspect in the bombing. T'Challa approved of the accords before the bombing, but then throws it back at Natasha, saying, he'll kill, I'll kill him myself. Bucky is actually in Romania and sees himself in a newspaper, and that's how he learns that he's the suspect in the UN bombing. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing because at the beginning, T'Challa is all about the Accords, all about the Accords, and then whenever Natasha's talking to him about, oh, we'll talk to the UN Council, they'll decide what we want to do with Bucky, and he's like, no, I'm going to kill it myself. So he's just throwing the Accords out the window already because now it's personal for him. Yeah, I, I like his his little talk that he has with Natasha and, and he basically had said, you know, it, it's nice to see her there after the last time that she, she had been at one of these meetings where she pretty much had, had told them <laughs> what she thought and I mean, they could find her. Um, and then you just, you have a lot of things happening really fast at this point. Yeah. I really liked him. Um... I really liked the introduction. I really liked what they did with uh, T'Challa and his dad. Um, just, I liked the introduction of uh, this Black Panther character. Um, it wasn't overdone. Uh, it was before his own movie. I don't know. It, everything about it, I thought that was really nice. I did hate seeing the the pure heartbreak in Cap. Captain America is not one of my favorite characters, but when he found out about Peggy's death and oh yeah, I mean, you can you can tell that just gets to him, and you know it, it's heartbreaking seeing that. Yeah, because I mean that was something that uh, you know I hadn't even thought about at this point because I thought that Peggy was dead, um, and then they do that and it's just you see him just melt, and it just gets you. So, uh, now we go to where Sharon, uh, Agent 13, tells Cap and Bucky and the Falcon to Bucky's location and uh, returns the gear to him. And they go after Bucky and attempt to ambush him in his apartment, uh, but some German special forces interrupt the plan. And so Cap and Falcon are trying to protect Bucky from T'Challa and the local authorities because, obviously, Black Panther's there because he wants to kill Bucky. Uh, but after a long chase, all four of them are apprehended by Rhodes and uh, local police. So, you know, War Machine shows up, takes him in. Uh, the UN hires a psychiatrist to speak with Bucky, trying to figure out what secrets he has. Uh, but Baron Zemo has actually killed the psychiatrist and is imper impersonating him. Uh, Zemo uses this opportunity to awaken the Winter Soldier using the Russian code words. And this scene was so great uh, because you see him, you know, pull out the book. And he starts saying the phrases and Bucky realizes what's going on. He starts trying to fight it and it just doesn't work. And he just goes completely like catatonic almost and uh, starts accepting the mission. Uh, Captain Falcon are able to stop Bucky after a long fight uh, and Bucky returns to normal. He reveals that Zemo is after a Siberian Hydra base uh, where multiple other winter soldiers are kept. I think during that fight, uh, one of my favorite scenes is whenever Tony's going hand to hand with Winter Soldier, and he stops the bullet right in his face, and you could just see his face. He's yeah. like, "Oh man, yeah." Uh, I don't think he expected that. Yeah, that was awesome because I mean that kind of one of his own mortality right in his face, and yeah, that was very very close. And you know that probably hurt too. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it's one of those you you throughout that whole fight scene when and then you have uh, the Winter Soldier just going berserk and and you literally just had a fight scene between him and and Black Widow a couple of movies go, ago and she was able to almost go toe to toe with him. Um, you could tell that he was superior though, and then this it wasn't even close. Like he's just powerhousing through everybody. Yeah, I, I thought see you back yet. Yeah. All right. I uh I thought it was funny like during the fight scene when Tony stops that bullet and then like rips the slide off of the Glock and then bitch slaps the <laughs> <over> <laughs> <with it>. Yep. 
Like, I just disarmed you, and now I'm going to insult you in the best way possible. I, I thought that was hilarious. Right. We're on your plot point. Yep. Alright, so, ready to get something done. Captain Falcon go rogue. No surprise there. Yep. And uh, recruit Wanda, Ant-Man, and Hawkeye to aid them in capturing Zemo. Um, this is... When they're recruiting Wanda, I, I feel like you can really see the... Um, I don't know if it's necessarily compassion or feelings that Vision has for Wanda, but I think we start to see part of that. I think this movie definitely builds into their relationship. And this remains my favorite Scarlet Witch moment to date when she drives him into the core of Mm. the earth, just pushing him down and down and down. That's just a little bitty taste of what she can actually do, and it remains my favorite scene. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just another one of those moments where they just give you a little bit more of a taste of her power and you know vision's one of the strongest strongest avengers at that point and she she just leaned through the floor and kept going yeah that was definitely badass and um just their interaction and yeah i don't know it's really interesting and freaking paul bettany he's awesome oh yeah oh yeah So, meanwhile, while they're recruiting Wanda, Ant-Man, and Hawkeye, Stark assembles a team to help capture Captain and the Fugitives, which consists of Natasha, T'Challa, Rhodes, Vision, and introduction, Peter Parker. Do you guys want to talk about the the scene where he just kind of shows up at Peter Parker's apartment? (laughs) I love that. He walks in, he's like, there's some crazy car outside. What's going on? And then he sees Tony Stark on his couch, and he's just, like, awestruck, and it's amazing. Yep. Just goes complete, like, nerd boner. <laughs> and uh, I love uh, when Cap's looking around his room and finds his spotty suit, and he uh, jumps and hides it real quick. Yeah. Like, Can you even see out of these things? Oh, man. That... that- it was just a really funny scene because honestly, I mean, if any of us met Tony Stark, I'm pretty sure that's what we would do too. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, 100%. It's like, excuse me while I go fangirl for a moment. <laughs> I'm, I may faint. Forgive me. Which, I mean, that's what Paul Rudd did whenever he met met Captain America. Like, he went straight fangirl. <laughs> yeah. He's like <laughs> sitting there just shaking his arm back and forth. <laughs> that's Captain America. You're Captain America. <laughs> He's Captain America. He turns around and he sees one. He's like, "Oh, I know her too. You're great." <laughs> yeah, but but this is Captain America. <laughs> yeah, Paul Rudd's basically what we would be if we met any of them. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, so moving on, the teams collide at Leipzig Airport, and the epic battle ensues. And uh, there's the so fight. much to talk about in that. Oh yeah, yeah. there is. I mean, Giant yeah. Man. To start, yeah, yeah, the, that was that was cool. The camera angles were fantastic. Yeah, is anyone else on my team hiding any fantastic abilities? Yeah, if so, this <laughs> right. would be a good time. Uh, I might have one. You got your Star Wars lines call out. Yes, that really times. old movie. <laughs> How old is this kid? <laughs> I didn't carbon date him. He's on the young side. I, I will say during this fight scene, like I said, I, I literally just rewatched this movie not even a couple of hours ago, and watching you have you start having your one on one fights, and it's funny how you you have somebody that starts gaining the upper hand, and then all of a sudden um, Wanda comes in and is like no, and she's she breaks up half of the fights. I it, I don't think I noticed it the first dozen times that I watched it, but going through. Like she's she single handedly saved half of her team mm-hmm. from from potential heavy blows. And she calls out Hawkeye for pulling his punches too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he looks on Natasha. Like, okay, yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> I think Spider Man's banter in this fight is perfect. Oh, absolutely! It's oh, Peter yeah. Parker to a T. 
it, it's one of those where you know we've talked about forced fun funny moments and, and lines and movies and this is just peter parker being peter parker and yep. tom holland did a fantastic job portraying that i'm trying to remember what does he say when he catches the shield hey guys up or something like that or oh he lands on the on top of like the bus or whatever and he just looks up and says hey everyone yep or yeah. he says hey cap i'm a big fan spider-man Yep. Yeah. And Tony's like, no, we, we we don't need to do any dialogue. Yeah. I love how he calls him Underoos, though. Yeah. Underoos. <laughs> yeah, do do y'all know what Underoos are? Yeah, those are the ones where the underwear's on the outside, isn't it, or something like that? Yeah, they're they're superhero underwear that you wore on like the outside of your clothing. Yeah. You know, in another uh, kind of like translation here. In the comics, I'm pretty sure he's actually wearing his Iron Spider armor during the Civil War battle, isn't he, Andrew? Uh, he he had a suit from from Tony. I don't remember what suit it was off the top. It might have been the Iron Spider at that point. So that's a lot different. Which we end up seeing that, but that's in the future. The um, yeah, I love the uh, in, that they do a callback to that later in uh, was it Homecoming where you actually see Peter Parker with his cell phone saying like, dude, there was this guy and all of a sudden he was giant. And all, uh, I love that, that they did that so much. Yeah. I think my, my favorite part of the, or my favorite Spider-Man part of that whole battle is whenever he like, he catches Bucky's punch. He's like, Whoa, you have a metal arm. That's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> That that whole point when he when he's fighting Winter Soldier and and Falcon and and uh, the Falcon's like everybody's got a gimmick these days. Spider Man's crawling on the outside and then comes bursting in. Yeah. And then uh, he's he's got Falcon tied up and and he's like usually there's not this much talking during fighting. <laughs> yeah. And and the comment whenever uh, Falcon and Bucky are laying at like the bottom of that airport <laughs> and. The Falcon's like, I hate you so much. <laughs> like, just the banter between those two throughout the whole movie is just fantastic. Yeah, like, especially whenever uh, they meet Car- Agent Carter to get their stuff back and Steve kisses her, and they're both sitting in the back of the little bug or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you scoot your seat forward? No. <laughs> <laughs> They see Steve get that kiss, and they're like, "Ah, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> like, knock it off, guys. That was a. Uh... So, is this a good point to d- discuss who we think was right? Ooh, let's get political for a minute. This is going to appease Alex. Ooh. All right. Well, Alex, you want to spearhead us here? Who's right? We got Stark um, and we got Cap. Or is there a right? You know, I I don't think there was a solid right. I think it I think it boils down to uh, what how how your inner mind works, right? So like me being enlisted and falling under DOD, you follow orders. That's what you do. And that you know, even though it's you may not be what you think is correct at the time. I mean, you do what you do, right? And I think that's where uh, it, it helps keep things in line. And I, I, I personally sided with Tony on this whole deal. Like, I get that. Uh, I get that Captain always does what he think is right, but sometimes it's not the right way to do it. Even if he was also right. a soldier, though. Which makes it even more interesting. Yeah, so... How many soldiers have you seen go and break orders? Right? Cap would it be the first one. I mean, you've got the Punisher's broken orders. He was oh, a yeah. soldier. And, I mean, you can go down a long list of characters. Oh, yeah. For he sure. doesn't have the conviction that Captain America has, though. Oh, he's got conviction. It's a lot different, though. <laughs> loaded, loaded in every gun he has. <laughs> We should do a Punisher episode, by the way. I'm going to add that to the... I'm going to add that. Well, I'll have to go watch Sorry it. to interrupt you, Alex. No, no, no. You're good. Uh, that was pretty much all I had. You know, I sided with Tony because that's just the way my brain works. 
What do you think, Dalton? Man, I don't... I've always been the one... Like, whenever we get together with friends, I'm always the designated driver. I'm not a drinker at all. I'm pretty much straight as an arrow when it comes to almost everything. So my gut instinct tells me to side with Tony as well. But also, I really like his point where he says, um, what if there's something that we feel we need to go inter- interfere with and they won't let us? What could happen at that point? And I, that's what really makes me want to also side with Captain America. So I I don't know if I could really pick a side on this, to be honest with you. And since I don't have to, I'm not going to. <laughs> there's a cheap way out, Dalton. That's just how I am. You know, I, I tie it in. If I had to pick... I would pick Tony Stark just because I'm a goody two shoes and I've always been a straight arrow and I've never been arrested, never gone to jail, never been drunk, any of that stuff. So that's, I'm going to go inside with Tony Stark since that's seems to be what I would go with. I get that. I can, I can totally agree with that, you know, but like you, I also agree with caps comment, you know, what if we're needed somewhere and they don't let us, what then? Tom, what are you thinking on this? Here's what I love most about this. Is, you know, we've had the entire time this dichotomy of Cat being the straight and narrow and Tony being the renegade rust about that just does whatever he has to be doing. And here we've got it pulling a 180 because of what's happened in Sokovia and because of what's happened uh, with the bombing and everything like that. And now we've got Iron Man second guessing himself, saying that we need guidance, and we got Captain saying second guessing his background, uh, which was the government. Now he's second guessing them. So it's not just them fighting it, you know, each other. It's fighting themselves, what their core values are, and that's what I love. And it really comes down to there is no right answer because. You know, there's losses on both sides. If you go Stark, then, you know, there's some giveaways that you'll have to give away. You can't just do whatever you need to do all the time, as evidenced by Rhodes, some of the stuff that he had to do that he didn't like. Uh, If you go Cap, you're rogue, and you're hiding all the time, and maybe you can't be as useful because you have to hide all the time. So, while my values and principles say Stark... I can see the reservations that Cap had, but I'm still saying, watching it over again, Cap seems so pompous that I don't think I would have sided with him, because he seems like, well, I know better than everyone, and he seems like an arrogant jerk, which is another 180 for him, and what Tony usually does. You kind of see the role reversals that both of them did. So, hmm. Team Stark. Interesting take. I would have yeah. never. I didn't, I still didn't take that. I didn't think Cap was doing that, but it's interesting to see that. That's what you thought about it, Andrew. Yeah, that that kind of is an interesting look at it. I it, this is one of those that when the movie's first coming out, I'm I'm Team Iron Man all the way. Uh, pretty much the only only thing I like about Captain America. Um, is his tie-ins with Wolverine with, with some of the World War II stuff. Um, but watching through the movie, I mean, there's things that aren't even talked about in Sokovia Accords. Um, like, if you signed it, then you have to reveal your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mentioned in the comics. Uh, Peter Parker gives up his identity. Um, and, and thinking about, I think that Peter Parker was married at that point, so... Yep. You're you're putting your significant other in danger. You're, I mean, there's a lot of things that can that can come out of this um, because the supervillains don't care. Um, so now you just put your whole family as a target. Um, I I do think you know, Stark's right in in the fact that there needs to be accountability for their actions, but at the same time. Steve's also right because, you know, he's talking about the console. They have their own agenda. What if they decide to not go in this place and, and they desperately needed the Avengers? Um, 
versus sending them to a place that the Avengers don't want to be in, that there was no point in it. It, it The whole thing, it, everybody with their own agendas, um, and you even kind of see that with the with the Marvel Illuminati when, when that comes up in the comics. Um, you know, they have to make some pretty intense decisions in, in some moments about what the Avengers will and won't do, and and I mean, there's there's some catastrophic events that they're involved in. Um, I I feel like I would have to side with with Captain America at this point, though. I I mean, if I was if I had superpowers, I wouldn't want to reveal my identity, uh, put my daughter at risk or anything like that. Exactly. Uh, and at the same time, yes, there needs to be accountability for you know some of the damages, some you know, and not all. I wouldn't directly place the blame on the Avengers for, for some of the stuff that's happened. But I mean, they can, they can do a little bit more as far as public relations. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't think I could sit there and have somebody tell me where to go and what to do and when to go and, and all that. If, if my gut feeling was I needed to be at this point, um, to do something about it, if I could do something about it. Can you imagine um, if they had actually gone that route and Peter Parker held a big press conference saying, oh, I'm Spider-Man, what J. Jonah Jameson would have done? <laughs> and what J.K. Simmons would have recorded? I love that they use J.K. for him. He's perfect. Yeah, I I don't think they could have recasted that that character. It's so It's too perfect. J.K. was awesome as uh, him, and I loved him as... Uh, the guy in Portal, I can't remember his name. He's also in Twenty One Bridges. He's very, very good in that one as well with Chadwick Boseman. He's about amazing in everything. I loved him uh, with, uh, oh, what's his face? The movie of the drums. Um, the kid that plays Mister Fantastic in the new. Um, like I watched that shit. Uh, I I know what you're talking about. I can't remember what the what the movie's called. Yeah, it was it was incredible. I loved it. Uh, and he did a fantastic job. All, all of them did. So, well, Alex, we were somewhere in your plot point. I don't know where exactly we stopped. Uh, we were on the last one. So the rest of Cap's team is captured and taken to the raft, which is this like top secret maximum security prison in the middle of the like Atlantic Ocean. It's actually underwater, which is pretty cool. But they're going there, and Natasha goes into exile, and Rhodes is partially paralyzed after the Vision gets distracted by Wanda, and he goes to shoot down Falcon. Falcon dodges it, and it takes out uh, takes out Rhodey's power supply for the Iron Patriot suit or the War Machine. Yeah, it's not Iron Patriot. You're right. I think in the thank movie God they said Iron Patriot. Do what? I said thank God it wasn't the Iron Patriot that bombed yeah, no him. killed him. War Machine's straight cooler. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the movie they said they he shattered his L one or L four through L one vertebrae. Which was very, very difficult. Right. Yeah, that whole scene where he's falling, that was just that was heartbreaking. And uh that's actually one of my grins there. Just they just show with the music just stopping and him just plummeting, and yeah. everything's dark in the costume and the uh, in the suit, and uh, it's just God, it's heart wrenching. Because you and you know, there's a lot of people in the theater. You know, you don't know if he's gonna make it. You don't know if this is gonna be the big casualty. And uh, when. Uh, Tony screaming out roads, you know, and all that stuff. It's just like God gets you. Yeah, you can you can feel mm-hmm. the heartbreak that Tony's got. Because and he doesn't know, even yeah. he doesn't even want to listen to Falcon when Falcon lands and apologizes. He just smacks him with the <laughs> thruster. Oh, God, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was well, cool. At- both of them, you know, because obviously, and Falcon didn't want that either. And you can see that because he goes back to stop it. Uh, you know, everyone, no one wants anyone really hurt. So I don't know. 
right? They're not actually yeah, see, like. I, I think, oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, go ahead. You're you're good. They're not. They're not actually out to hurt each other. They're just trying to. I think they're just trying to prove their points to to an extent that or, or show that they're on the right side of the law. Yeah, this is this is one of those big departures from the from the comics and the source material. You know, and during the fight I'm, in the comics, you lose Giant Man. He's killed by a by a robotic Thor. Um, and and honestly, this would this would be one of my gripes about the movie is I I kind of wanted a death in there, a, a major death, um, whether it have been Captain America or. You know, Ant Man or, or somebody, um, but I mean, you get the you get the major moment with with War Machine and Rhodes, um, that effectively stops the fight. So it, I mean, it works the same way, but it's one of those I, I I almost wanted to see if they would kill somebody and and have them be perma dead in the MCU at this point. Perma dead. I love that. <laughs> I love that phrase. Well, they had, they just killed Quicksilver. Yep. Yeah, but this is one of those you compare this Quicksilver versus the X Men Quicksilver, and I think everybody kind of has a quick yeah. favorite in that. Um, it, Quicksilver's death would not be anywhere as impactful as if you got a Captain America's death from Civil War. It, it doesn't even hold the same same weight. The um, and course i didn't check dalton in your uh translation do you have uh the moment where you've got stark over cap's body no i actually didn't put any notes down there because everything i wanted to talk about i figured we just hit as we go along all right but so this one in the comics where you've got cap's body just laying there and a shield on him and Tony's just over them forlorn because he's like, I didn't want this. And it was just heartbreaking. So I don't know. Did, have Out of all of us, who's read that comic? I own all of Ed Brubaker's entire run from Captain America. It's there. all it's way before and way after Civil War. There it's amazing. Go. Yeah, definitely. If, if you have not read Civil War or any of that, like, go on YouTube. There's guys that talk about it. Listen to them. Go look it up. Read it. Like, this is this is a storyline you, you need to see. There is so much that happens because of this storyline. Yep. It's, uh, the art in that scene is just incredible. And it, it actually makes me think of, uh, Wolverine Origins. It's just a beautiful. So... Yeah, one thing I think was missing from this fight, and it's probably a good thing, was there were no heavy hitters on either side. Like we didn't have the Hulk, we didn't have Thor. Like in the MCU version. Well, I I disagree with that as far as heavy hitters because Vision would be considered a heavy hitter, and yeah, but and Scarlet Witch would is definitely a heavy. They're hitter, both young at this point. But they're not. Yeah, I mean they're not going out to to kill. I think if you had Hulk in there. Like, he's not really, he's not pulling punches. No, definitely not. Um, and then if you have Thor, I mean, considering who he's fighting, he he may pull some punches and all that, but... Who would he even side with in this? Who would Thor side with on this battle? Because it doesn't really affect him at all. Because he doesn't have to listen to the World Security Council or the UN panel or whoever's going to be governing them. Yeah, he, he'd probably call the whole thing ridiculous and... and uh, Laugh at the petty mortals. Yeah, laugh at the petty mortals, down some beer, and, and go about his merry way. I think he would have caught Rhodes. I think that's about all he would have done. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think Hulk or Thor, either one could have caught him. Mm -hmm. Quicksilver would have caught him. Quicksilver would have caught him and took bullets in the process. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, at this point, um, Stark's leaving, um, and Friday actually tells him that... Um, Cap was right because he sees evidence on a tablet that the actual psychiatrist that was supposed to be interrogating Bucky was actually murdered by Helmut Zemo and Bucky was framed for the bombing. And at this point, Tony realizes that he's been a complete ass and that this whole thing probably didn't even have to go down. And now he's lying to Ross 
and says he basically tells him he, he cuts off the the, video, the audio feed whenever he's talking to uh, Falcon, and that's how he knows where to go find uh, Cap and Winter Soldier. And at this point, he kind of has a he flips on his head and he's he's now hiding stuff from Ross and he goes to help Cap. Because he realizes that Bucky was framed in the cap was right the whole time. And T'Challa secretly follows him out to the Hydra facility. Um, and Stark, Cap, and Bucky proceed into the Hydra base. And they find that Zemo is already there. And he's killed all of these other Winter Soldiers. We thought, well at least I did, that he was his plan was to go activate them all just to wreak havoc. He shows up and he kills them all. Yeah. What did you think on that, Andrew? Like, what, what, what was your take? Yeah, that that's one of those where they they introduce it. You get that quick flashback and and see you know even even Bucky when he fought them, you know the the one put him down pretty quick. Um, I can only imagine what it would what it would be like if they had to fight five others of him. Um, so when when they took that turn and they walk in there and and he's killed them, you know it. it it kind of throws you for a loop because that's what you've expected the entire movie is that we're building to, I mean, obviously you say civil war, everybody knows it's heroes versus heroes, but you've got this whole plot going on behind and you're like, well, what about all these other winter soldiers? What's going to happen with that? And then you get there and he's like, Oh, I've killed them. That wasn't the point of this. It's like, well, what was the point then? And then it leads you right into what his point was. So it is a little shocking it works for the storyline, but at the same time, I, I almost would have liked to have seen a massive fight between all of the Winter Soldiers and any of the Avengers. Yeah, the movie's already two hours and 27 minutes long, so I don't know if they would have had time for that. No, definitely not. And, you know, I don't think, uh, I don't know, I don't think it's conducive to put, you know, more than one epic battle into a movie. I think it would have. Uh, I think they would have taken away from each other. That's a fair point too. So at this point, um, Zemo's trying to really explain to Captain America and Tony Stark exactly what his plan was, because obviously it wasn't to enact all of the um, sleeping Winter Soldiers. And he shows the video of Bucky Barnes assassinating. Tony's parents back in 1991. And this once again flips Tony Stark on his head. And he asks Cap, he's like, did you know? And Cap initially lies to him. He said, I didn't know it was him. And he's like, don't bullshit me. And then Captain America tells him, yeah, I knew it was him. And this is just flips a switch in Tony Stark and sets him off. And we get this epic battle between the three of them. Let's talk about that for a minute. So we get Captain America finally finds a way to disable Stark's armor. Bucky loses an arm. And Cap leaves his shield behind. Because Tony Stark's dad made this shield. This is a really surreal fight. And it's right from the pages of the comic books. I mean, there's a comic book cover that shows Tony Stark and Captain America fighting. And it's page for page. There's shot for shot. It's perfect. What do you think on this? Alex, what's your take on, on this fight? I really loved the fight. Um, I thought the the choreography behind it was fantastic. And the uh, slowed down cinematography was a nice touch, in my opinion. Um, it, really, it really draws you into the emotions behind all this. Because it's not necessarily that they're they're trying to, or it's not necessarily that Captain is trying to harm Tony. He's just trying to protect his friend. And that line that Tony says, you know, Cap's like, he's my friend. And Tony says, yeah, I was too. And, you know, that just rips your heart out. Because, I mean, you think about it, aside from Pepper... Cap's all that Tony has. This fight, I mean, hands down, if you're looking at the comic panels, it it does it justice. It's it's amazing. Um, 
I love everything from from the point where where Tony's getting his butt handed to him, and then you know he he has his suit, which this is also from the panels. Um, Reed caps movements, and he counteracts all of it um, and starts owning him. Um, but man, it's it's one of those where I mean, just like you had mentioned uh, about uh, you know I was your friend. Um, he's going into this and, and it's like he murdered his his mom and dad and he's like he killed my mom and we all know kind of how he stands with his dad he doesn't hate his dad but i mean just just seeing the video of him him strangle his mom just i mean i'm i'm all team iron man at that point like I, regardless of where where we stood two seconds ago like you killed my mom. I'm gonna lose my mind too. I'm I'm gonna do everything I can to take you down. So I I mean this scene I I can't say anything bad about it. I I loved it. I I don't know anybody that didn't love it. One more thing I'd like to add on that is like whenever Tony's sitting there watching the video, and you can just see his his eyes are welling up and his uh. I mean, you can see his heart is pretty much being ripped from his chest. Yeah, as soon as he sees the date pop up, he's like, what is this? Because he yeah. knows what he's about to see. I'm I'm almost surprised that, you know, he hasn't found any footage of this beforehand because, I mean, he knows the date. It's Tony Stark. I mean, you know, what? he just, it's a car accident? Maybe he didn't want to. I mean, well, I can see that. I, I don't know that I'd want to, but, I mean, you you started going into all of this other stuff, and, I mean, even if they saw eye to eye, now, like I said, you, you just found the dude that murdered your parents. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, she'll deep six the data just as soon as possible. Uh, or Hydra did, or whoever. Hydra, yeah. yeah. And uh, what really gets me, because this was, like you guys are saying, with him trading blows, you see, you know, from the back of Iron Man, and it's back and forth, back and forth. He's going back, and they're shooting the repulsor shots at the same time, hitting with shields, throwing things back and forth. It's just an epic, epic scene. The fights uh, and the music, and it, it, what really gets me is that Cap knew. Because for Bucky, for one thing, he was brainwashed and, you know, anything in comics and everything like that, when you're brain, you don't know what you're doing and it sucks. And, but you can't really fault him for it because he wasn't in control, but I mean, I would still be pissed off and kick his ass anyway. But when you find out that this guy that you're supposed to be, you know, not just your best friend, but your brother in arms, which I'm sure Alex will agree is a completely, you know, another level, uh, knew and didn't say anything to you. That is a complete breach of trust and everything. And so, yeah, this was a huge pivotal moment. Uh, and it was great. It was fantastic. Uh, and I love how it ties in with the very beginning of the movie. Like they show that scene and then they go back to what was really happening in that scene. I love that. Oh yeah. I, did anybody else pick up that uh, Tony didn't say he didn't say he killed my parents. He said yeah. he killed my mom. He killed my mom. Yeah. I did pick up on that when I was watching the movie. And I've tried to psychoanalyze that, and I can't really because I know him and his dad obviously didn't get along, but his mom was like the pure thing to him. Yeah, like what what would be the point of killing his mom? Obviously, you know you have the cover up, but I mean, she she had no part in any of this. Right. I mean his uh, his dad had his demons, and something like that could be expected. But his mom was just this pure bystander. Yeah, I, I, I've got this written down. I was thinking about it when you when you go back, a lot of this has has 
it's the fallout from when Black Widow released all of the files uh, yeah. out to the public, both the Shield and Hydra files, and then you have uh, Zemo come through and he's he's had a lot of time and he's shuffled through them and he's found this specific info and he's dug through and he's made his his way to where he's at now all because she released this info so if she hadn't have done that would i mean would this have still come out at some point would how long has captain america known about this um what else is out there and that just goes back into me saying that there's so much that happens in winter soldier and it really sets everything moving forward there is one more thing i wanted to bring up though in the fight between the three of them at one point uh they're at the top of the prison and uh, bucky's trying to escape but star comes up there and he grabs him he pulls him and he says do you even remember them and uh, bucky says i remember all of them and that hit me home like because he he remembers everything that he's doing and it, that's got to torment him right oh, i mean yeah. that's got to rip at him yeah and that hit me hard. I just wanted to bring that up real quick. Yeah, especially if you look at like he may not have he may not have control over what he was doing, but he knew what he was doing and it, it like you said it tortures him to know that he did all that stuff even though he couldn't control it. Tom, take us home. All right. So Zemo is uh, satisfied with his efforts to destroy the Avengers after the death of his family. And uh, he attempts to commit suicide, but T'Challa stops him uh, and uh, hands him over to the police. So we see Black Panther, you know, kind of he's had this one goal and that was to, uh, you know, kill Bucky. But it's cool to see his character development because he's kind of he doesn't stand to the side but he's kind of forced to the side while all this drama unfolds and uh he decides that he's not just going to go letting someone kill themselves or death isn't the answer uh he decides to do what's right and hand him over the police and stark provides Rhodes uh with some you know exco skeletal leg braces to help him walk you see at the end they have a little bantering comment and you see him kind of falter and that's heartbreaking too and uh you see Cap break his friends out of jail and uh, send a letter to Tony, let him know that he will be there if he needs him. He gives him, the, what was, was it a pager or was it a, what was it? I forgot. It's like an old flip phone, right? Yeah, it was a flip phone. That's right. <laughs> he gives him a flip phone, like a little Nokia or something. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the end of the movie. Um, but uh, yeah, just the scene the scene with Rhodes trying to walk and uh, talking to Tony and it just, that, that breaks your heart again. The dialogue is so great in this film. Even when, when you got Black Panther talking to Zemo, talking about how he's been consumed by vengeance and how he's going to overcome it. And then this scene with Rhodes and Stark, it, the dialogue is just so excellent. Yeah. They did an amazing job with this movie. I'd probably, after going over it again with you guys, I'd probably move it up on my list. So was this Marcus and McFeely that wrote this? Yeah, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely are they're a tandem writing duo. It's great. And then when they pair up with the Russo brothers, it's it's gold every time. Oh yeah. Post credit scenes on this one, we get a couple. Uh the first one we see Bucky is in Wakanda with Captain America and he's willingly going into cryo freeze. Uh and I guess they're gonna employ the the scientists that were kind of to try to find a way to wipe the Hydra crap out of his mind. Is that what's going on there? Yeah. And then uh second one, we get Spider-Man. He's playing with a little Spidey light or like a spider signal or whatever, which we haven't seen up to this point after that, which is kind of good. I don't think that they should use it as like a signal. That'd be stupid. But... I think it was more of an Easter egg. You yeah. The good old Spidey, Spidey signal. Only one note in the Easter egg section. I don't know who wrote this. Whose is this? Ah, the Zemo comment. So there's been, just, I think there's in total 12 uh, Baron Zemos. And I couldn't, I couldn't remember which one, which Zemo this was, but it's, it's actually uh, Helmet, 
uh, Zemo, not Heinrich. I believe Heinrich was his father. Huh. So it's not really an Easter egg, just a little bit of tidbit information. Like Baron Zemo is, uh, it's it's like a whole line of villains. Yeah, right. Did they drop a line that I missed saying that Heinrich was his father, or no? It's just part of the. Uh... Oh, you're just saying that because he's Helmet. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it's uh, Heinrich is the twelfth Baron Zemo, and then Helmet is the thirteenth. Uh, gotcha. Okay. I got one of the um, did you know things um, so when you said it was approved by 117 countries because I couldn't remember how many countries approved the accords um, you know how many countries are total in the UN it's 193 so that means yeah. it wasn't that far over 50% uh, I mean so it was still I mean people are still kind of back and forth there. I wish they'd gone into like, which of the major countries, you know, like uh, class one countries voted, which way, like, I would like to have heard like how, uh, you know, the UK and everything voted uh, or France or. Oh. Well, they did some damage in London. So I can, I think we can infer that they would. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> where they would go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those where, probably all of your major powers want to bring them under under control but we all know that each major power probably has their own superhero team that they've been working on russia has their own canada will have their own mm -hmm. uh, the u.s will have their own so besides the avengers themselves and you, you see the secret avengers come out of this um there's there's other groups out there that that'll be in secret Gripes and Grims. Tom, you always go first in this section. I got some Grims because I really don't I don't have many gripes about this movie. I thought it was amazing. Um, my big grin, though, uh, is I think is my favorite scene in the movie where Rhodey's falling. And it is just done so well. I mean, he's right down the center of the screen. It's zoomed out. It's not up. You just see it happening from afar, like you're watching it happen in real life, and it's just fantastic. Uh, just uh, watching the theater, it was just heartbreaking. So I thought they did a fantastic job in that scene. I really liked uh, the actor. I can't remember his name. Uh, the actor that played Zemo. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember. I thought he did an amazing job. Um, it's difficult sometimes to get those that do like mostly the psychological, you know, cause he's not in there, you know, guns of blazing power trip, madman. No, he's got this psychotic plan. He's going to execute it and he's going to do it, you know, quietly in the background for the most part. He's coming back. Uh, his name is Daniel Brohl, by the way, and I'm on his filmography right now. This is something I didn't know. I just found out looking this up. Apparently Zemo's coming back in the Falcon and the winter soldier uh, series. I did not know that. Ooh, that's creepy. So we'll see what he does there. Interesting story. I'm going to go last in this section because I've got a nice little transition. Uh, Alex, what what did you have for gripes and grins? Uh, you know, I really didn't have anything here. Uh, not a whole lot of gripes with this movie. I, I thoroughly enjoyed Civil War. So there's not really a whole lot I can say against it. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of along the same lines. If I wanted to compare it with comics, there's a lot of things that I could gripe about. But looking at the movie, I mean, I, like I said, I literally had just rewatched this only a couple of hours ago, and when I was taking notes on it, it was like, hey, we're going to introduce Black Panther, and then we turn around and introduce Spider Man, and Ant Man's back in it, and. I, there's there's just so much packed in it, and it's a, another great job by the Russos and everybody involved. I I can't think of anything that uh, that I didn't like about it. Uh, there's probably a point or two here or there that you know it, it doesn't stack up as well as some of the other parts, but overall, I mean, the movie's just just one big grin. I'm going to turn my gripes and grins into a small little translation segment at the same time. So I touched on this a little bit in Ant Man, uh, Red Wing in this. Uh, movie we see him twice we see him at the very beginning where he saves natasha 
and we see him uh, whenever he yanks Spider-Man out of the fight with him and with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And he's actually a droid or like a, a drone in this um, movie. And in the comic books, obviously, he's actually a real flesh and blood Falcon. And we talked, I read an article that the Russo brothers were talking about um, why they decided to use a drone instead of a flesh and blood Falcon. And they said it didn't really make sense for them to have someone that could control birds because that's just weird even in a comic book cinematic universe and we don't know why they didn't follow suit in ant-man but it is what it is and i thought that was a i like i like this take better i like the drone version better and then crossbones in my opinion they wasted him in the mcu he's dead now he exploded he's not going to come back but in the comic books he's you think he's going to come back i mean with with everything that they are about to open in Loki and Doctor Strange, there's no telling at this point what they're going to do. I guess we'll I, w- see. I would hope that they would bring some of these villains back. But, I mean, the way the comics have been, it's like, you're dead, you're back, you're dead, you're back. Um, in some of these, I, I, I don't want to see that level brought into the cinematic universe, but at the same time, you know, I'd really like to see some of these villains back. Yeah, definitely. I think in the comic books, he's working closely with the Red Skull, who we know is still alive because we see him in Endgame. Um, and at this point, him and how do you pronounce it? Faustus, Dr. Faustus, they're working together. And he's the one that actually brainwashes Agent 13 into murdering Captain America as he's on trial. And I mean, I think this is a grin because I, I'm, I'm kind of glad that they didn't kill Captain America. Like you said, you wanted a big death, but. I think I don't know if it would have translated well because what would be who would have killed him? What would their motivation have been? Because like you said, this is like a friendly fight. They're not they're pulling punches here. The Punisher. <laughs> no, I, I I mean you're right. At this point, who who would have killed him? I as much as I could gripe about some of the changes from from literal comic translation to the movie, there's enough in there that. It, it, for what they do, it, it works. I, I can't complain about that. I mean, there's certain licensing thing, it's li- licensing rights that they don't have at that point. Um, you you can't include, um, but at the same time, I, I mean, I, I can't complain about it. You know, if, if I wanted to be nitpicky and, and hardcore with the comics, uh, you could rip any one of the movies apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you, you can't do that. It, there's things that just like we talked about with with uh, Red Wing, it doesn't make sense having the the Falcon in there, and it just, it doesn't translate well to a movie. Either of you guys got anything to add? I really loved this one, um, and like I was saying earlier, if any of you have not read the comics, uh you've got to read this civil war arc if nothing else just for the like tony stark's postmortem thing that he does with uh cap it was just it was really emotional and i mean i'm actually got the page up in front of me and yeah it's incredible um there's a uh a guy on YouTube, his name is Comics Explained. He's got about 2 million subscribers. I'm definitely one of them. He's got um, a Marvel's Civ- full Civil War event that he put up three years ago that goes through all of the tie-ins and everything. It's over five hours long, and he goes very in-depth, and it's it's perfect. You guys should go check that out. There's also, I, I had mentioned about some of the uh, stunt performers. One of the, one of the guys that was both in the elevator scene in the Winter Soldier, um, he was Black Panther's stunt double, and he's on another YouTube channel, Corridor Digital. Um, they brought him in. He's he's talked extensively about those scenes and what they had to do to prepare. Um, there, there's also a really cool scene. The very start of the movie, when you have the Avengers going in and just wiping out Crossbones, uh, his group. They went in and redid the scene to basically make it rated R. Uh, when Cap's throwing his shield, it's it's decapitating people. Um, they're they're just a digital graphics um, gurus. It, it's a video I I suggest looking up if that's your thing. Um, check out Corridor Digital. 
Um, they they have a lot of really good stuff on it and a lot of really good stuff that ties in with the MCU. Alex, anything to wrap up? No, I think no. we got. Uh, I think we pretty much covered everything really solidly. Uh, I think the the revised bullet statements uh, is an improvement. Yeah, I think I'm gonna try to keep going forward with that. Yeah, as I, I go forward, I think we covered all the important content. Um, we didn't really miss anything that I uh, that I can think of. I'm sure we missed something. It's a given. But the, guys, that's gotta wrap it up for Civil War. Um, we're on six platforms right now. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Eventually, we'll be on Apple. Uh, whenever this COVID-19 thing goes away. Um, if it ever goes away, hell, we could be The Walking Dead in six months. I don't fucking know. But um, <laughs> Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let us know what you think. Um, leave us some comments. Tell us what we missed. Tell us what you want to hear. I think I'm going to go ahead and add a Punisher uh, episode. I'll probably just replace the Black Widow spot because we don't know when we're going to see that now. That's disappointing. Yeah, it's very it disappointing. They haven't released anything. I mean, and obviously they would lose potentially six, seven hundred million dollars in revenue if they didn't release it in theaters. So I can't see them throwing it on Disney Plus like they did with Onward and stuff like that. But even if they threw it on Disney Plus, I'd I'd probably still go back to the theater and watch it. Oh yeah, it's, it's oh, just yeah. an experience. I mean, I don't want to miss that part of it either. Well, that's gonna do for us, guys. We appreciate you guys listening, and have a good one.